Hey seedlings, let's learn and grow together today. This is Alexis hosting the Live to Sustain podcast, a student-run initiative coming from the Central Valley. Today, we're talking with Joaquin Fraga Hernandez, an assistant specialist at the Sierra Nevada Research Institute. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. I'm good. We're having an early morning interview today, so we're getting our day started together. <laughs> so a question that we ask everyone, and our listeners know we ask everyone because you want to hear those diverse perspectives is what is the very first thing that comes to your mind when I say the word sustainability? The first thing that comes into my mind is balance. Prior to this job in my undergraduate at UC Merced, I worked for the Department of Sustainability as an eco rep and we tried to push a lot of balance and understanding of how to save energy, how to eat right but also be able to afford it because you know in certain senses it's, it is expensive to live a balanced life a sustainable life and so for me that balance is a big factor you can never have too much of one thing or another or else you don't live sustainably right i like that a lot we we hear a lot about circular motion and a lot of flowing water kind of analogies and i like that like a balance keeping that mm-hmm. Can you give us a brief overview of your research at the Sierra Nevada Research Institute? Yeah, definitely. So I work for the Martha Conklin Conklin Lab in particular. And what I do is essentially mountain hydrology. We look at snowpack levels that are meant to determine the seasonal snowpack throughout the year. The research we're particularly focused on is trying to create a wireless network system that you can connect to without having to go up into the mountains. Traditional snow measurement methods require you to go up into the mountains, you know, once a month or once every few weeks, once a week, twice a week, depending on where you live. And the thing with that is it requires a lot of time, energy, and you're kind of in a sense of chance because if weather doesn't permit, you're not able to go up. So the work that I do is essentially installing sensors that measure um, snow depth at any particular point in time throughout a day. I take about measurements every 15 minutes. At the end of the year, I collect all the data and then I determine how much snowpack we had in a particular basin. Um, I also do a lot of stream measurements. Yeah, it's a lot of troubleshooting for the most part in my job. That's part of researching it, right? You're finding out what's the the best way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Um, and I think until you start actually sitting down and doing research and you get into something you're, you're really passionate into, you, it clicks a little bit more and you start to think about it more frequently. You know, you're walking around uh, the house or something and you're like, hmm, you know, that, that part looks really similar to this, this, uh, the mounting mechanism for our snow depth sensors. But our snow depth sensors are really weak or they break easily. I wonder if I replace it with something like that, if it would, you know, hold up more or something. Um, there's a lot of instances in my in that case where that um, tends to occur. Where that crossover happens, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're just, I don't know if it's just the, the interest in the job sometimes or if it's just the way my brain works where it ends up being a lot of that crossover and um, continuous thinking of this is what needs to get fixed or this is how it should be fixed or constant improvements. Yeah, I see that crossover a lot in my own research with researching a lot of waste habits. So I'll be in my own house looking at the trash and thinking about how 
everyone else in the house is not completely aware of, you know, which item should be in which can or how much we really are wasting or that we should save our leftovers. So I definitely understand the crossover. So what does this research kind of mean to you and these daily decisions that you have to make? Like, what does it mean to you? For me, the research I'm doing is really important in my mind, mainly because it's just, it's so complex. Through this one handful of instruments, you definitely get to understand and see how mountain ecosystems work and function. And what a lot of people may not truly think about or what may not straight always come to mind first is in California, the mountains is where you get most of your water, particularly in the Central Valley. And so if we don't have clean water in the mountains, if we don't have enough water in the mountains, Central Valley, Los Angeles, Southern California, there's a lot of areas in California that will suffer. And so I often think about this and, and I always wonder what can be done to improve our water quality, our water quantity. It's a little frustrating because you, you hear constant that we're in a drought year or that we're not. And, you know, I look through my data and I'm like, in every year that goes by, and particularly because I've been working for the past, I'm on my third year. I started as an undergraduate. This is my first official year as a full-time uh, researcher. But every year that's gone by, you definitely see the fluctuations in the season and the true effects of climate change. And so I want to do something about this. And so that's what makes it important for me. And that's what that makes it meaningful. You know, I want to leave behind an environment that not only I can take advantage of, my siblings can take advantage of, but, you know, the seven, like sort of that seven generation rule where I look farther than just what the decision making on me, uh, the decisions I'm making now. And so that's, that's what makes it very important to me. As to the decision making task, it's a lot more just okay, what, is, what do I need to do now? What's the next step? What, what, uh, what are we focused on? Are we focused on repair the season because snow is very heavy and it does a lot, it is very destructive? Um, are we focused on installing because there's still a few sensors that we have to install? What do we, are we, am I doing testing? Am I, am I fabricating? How, what, what is a good decision? What material can withstand the weight of the the snow or animal damage in my at least in my my particular line these are the sort of questions that I have to constantly ask myself or that constantly you know arise well if I'm sitting down on the computer and I'm looking at data one question will emerge is like why is this data looking this way why am I getting these weird numbers or what are these things that are what's going on that cause that's causing um the trend in my data so these are the sort of questions that do emerge. And to be completely honest, I don't always have these answers. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about, that they expect you to be a researcher and have the answers to everything and anything. But you know, whether you're young or old, you don't always have the questions to things. And that's just part of the learning process. It's part of the scientific process. I try to integrate this every day into my daily life, as you can tell by what I'm mentioning. But yeah, these are some of the questions that I have to have for myself that help me decide how to move forward and what to do and how to go about my work. Yeah, thank you for that honest answer because it is something that maybe we don't realize is that 
a lot of people do think of research as like there's this question and then you answer it but there's so many steps along the way of mm -hmm. supplemental questions and sub-level issues that come up that you have to solve along the way to get to that main question so yeah thanks for that of course and if you weren't mm -hmm. like I, we can hear that you're really passionate about doing this work, but if you weren't doing this work, where would you like to be working instead? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Like I grew up in construction and I grew up in landscape construction particularly. Um, the one thing is, is I always tell myself is like, well, if I don't get a job, I always can go back to landscape construction. But, you know, if I truly were to like say, growing up, I wanted to be in restoration river restoration because I grew up from in Sacramento and so I've grown up seeing a lot of the human impact on the river both pollution wise and changes to the ecosystem as well as just changes to the river um, geodynamics and it's really interesting to see how much we as humans impact this environment when I was in high school and I was like starting to get into all of the environmental work, I really wanted to follow that path and kind of wanted to give back to my community by doing reverse restorations and try to figure out what it is that is needed to get an ecosystem from, you know, really bad, really bad and poor conditions with low diversity to back to its natural flows or the natural environmental conditions. So maybe something of that sort. Recently, I've been, I've been thinking about the next step for myself. And so I've been wanting to, I've been debating between looking at a career path in either continued mountain hydrology or focus on water management and water quantity, as well as some, like I said, some restoration work. So maybe something in those three fields. Yeah, other than that, I don't really know what else I would do. Central focus on water, very water-centric ideas there. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's a little weird, I guess, for a lot of people. But I mean, for me, I've always been surrounded by water. It's always been kind of my, my go-to place where I just am in peace. I don't know if it's the same for other people, but for me, it definitely has that sort of cleansing effect. And I love being by running water. I love being by water. I just love water. It's important for humans. It's important for everyone. And so it just plays a major, uh, really, it really does play a big role in my life. Yeah, no, that's good to have. People think I'm weird that I love to research waste. So, you know, everyone has their passion and I'm glad to hear that you like it because of that calming effect and you keep that throughout your day. That's good. So can you give us like the biggest challenge and the biggest reward of this research that you're doing? Every day is a challenge, right? There's always some obstacle that you have to overcome. There's always some new task you have to get done within a certain time limit. And so going about your daily life is just going to be a challenge, particularly in the times that we're in. But in my mind, at least, I don't let any sort of obstacle kind of hinder the way I think or hinder my, my, my sense of being, I guess. Yes, they're a nuisance, but overall, I don't like hitting my head against them for too long particularly describe certain challenges. I mean, a lot of the, our discussion does mention some of, our some of my challenges, right? Where I have to think about how to properly mount things or how to solder something without burning off the sensor or weather conditions. I mean, that's, that's an uncontrollable one, right? Where, where I have to go up into the field 
but I'm unable to go because of weather. So that is a challenge. Other than that, I don't think there's too many crazy challenges being an SRI researcher, but as for the reward, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I get to spend a lot of time in the mines. I get to go up quite literally every week. Prior to COVID, I was able to go out and camp for an entire summer at a time almost. I'd go, I'd head out on Monday, Tuesday, and wouldn't come back to like Thursday or Friday. Spent out the entire week just out in the mountains, get away from the heat in the Central Valley, and do work. Start off your day around 7, 8, get back to camp around 5, 6, make dinner, hang out around a campfire, go to bed. It's nice. It's it's one thing that I really enjoy during the winter. We're, we have to go out into the field to do kind of repair, emergency repairs. So we get to drive around snowmobiles. Those are just like the immediate rewards that I, I guess you can say I get. But overall, I know that the research is really impactful, both for water managers at one point in time and that particular basin that we may be focusing on. There's so many rivers and tributaries that connect into these larger tributaries that need to be looked at and understood and managed to properly provide flows both for you know the fish or whatever diverse life live in there and also for just general use, general water quality. And so these, these are the sort of things that I, that I keep in the back of my mind and remind myself, like, this is what you're doing it for. And again, it goes back to that whole think about not only just my immediate use, but down, down the line. And a lot of the basins that we work in, there is a lot of restoration to the forest health. So there's a lot of clear cut. There's a lot of trees being knocked down. And so a lot of people may look at that and be like, well, what are you doing? You're just destroying an ecosystem. Like, no, this is, has, it has its role. It's important. There's a whole reason why we're, we're doing this. I find these things really important and, and it's rewarding to know that I'm a part of this. I'm able to help and contribute to the understanding of the water management. And I'm able to help in the water management in some sort of way here in California. Yeah, bringing in that greater good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You said you started this position kind of while you were still an undergrad. So if there's some piece of advice you could give to your younger self or someone looking to follow a similar path to you, what would you say? I think definitely don't give up is always a, a big one, right? Because you get into positions of frustration within schoolwork and, you know, everyday life. And then on top of that, if you have a job while you're going to school, you know, it all adds up. And so it makes it difficult. So definitely that sense of like, don't give up, don't continually try. Always put in your 100 because you just never know when, what may happen. But one of the biggest things I think I would want to tell myself or tell someone is apply, go for it, take a chance, take a chance on yourself. You just never know. While you may think you may not be qualified or you may not be the one that deserves a position. I mean, who truly ever does deserve a position or deserves an opportunity? And you never actually get the opportunity unless you put yourself out there. There, There's definitely been a lot of thoughts in my mind over this past year about opportunities I've missed and I wish that I could have gone back and taken some of these opportunities but you know it is what it is I'm not not mad about how things worked out I'm not sad about it on the contrary I'm very happy about where I'm at and so I definitely feel that a lot of us get focused on that sense of we're we're not enough rather than let me just try and then the other thing I would want to want to recommend is don't forget to reflect on the journey right 
because we get we get everybody gets so focused on what's next or what's what do I have to continually do, or as well as just continually focus on the bad, the negative that we don't always get to focus on some of the positive and the hard work that we've already put in for our daily life. And so that's something that I try to do nowadays more. I sit down, I look around, and I'm like, I'm very grateful and happy for the everything that's happened and the position I'm in. I have my health, I have my family, I have a job that I love and I enjoy. These are the sort of things I want to recommend to other people. Don't don't just get stressed and focused on on schoolwork as as difficult as it is, or as on work on everything. Don't be afraid to reflect. And these are some of the things that I would tell not only my younger self, but other people. That's really one of those silver linings of COVID, right? We have this time to look back and reflect and think inwardly about things that we've done and things that we want to do and think about how it's going to affect yeah. not only us, but those around us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's crazy to think that, you know, the world quite literally coming to a stop is what has caused a lot of a shift in social dynamics and mental and the way people think but I mean sometimes that's what it that's what it takes like I'm not saying anything good or bad but this is how progress is made through obstacles definitely thank you for talking with us today thank you for having me I appreciate it and thank you to our listeners and don't forget to branch out and live sustainably bye everyone <laughs>